Good morning, church family. Let us rise.
sing praise. Lord, that's what we're here for is just to lift you up. Yes, I will give you praise.
so ever faithful to me. You give me amazing and living hope. We just want to praise you, Lord, because you are so good and so awesome. And your love is eternal. And your love never fails. And your hope is eternal. And your hope never fails. And at the beginning of this new year, Heavenly Father, we just stand in your grace and your presence. Giving you all honor and all glory. Because you are worth it. Silence, the 
living hope. Amen. You know what's so awesome about that is at the beginning of the new year, don't you just need some new living hope? And that's what this song is. It's all about the living hope that Christ has for you. And see, it's not just about the Christmas season that we celebrated. And while that is important, here's the moment when living hope first begins. It is that moment in the grave where Jesus Christ takes his first breath and resurrects in that moment, in that first breath of Jesus Christ, when he resurrects and comes out of the grave, there your living hope is born. And that's why at the beginning of this year, we can lift our head high. Kristen, can you just sing that? Then came the morning. Hear the words. That sealed the promise. This is the promise. Everybody began to breathe. Out of the silence. The roaring lion that goes before you in your times of trouble. Amen. There is no claim on you. Let's sing it one more more time. Can you proclaim it just one more time? Come on, Christian. Come on, church. Just That's declare, this is your promise for the new year. This is your living hope Amen. Begin to breathe. Amen. Come on, church. Out of the silence. In the promise that his breath has given to you in this new year. Because in that moment, has no claim the grave has no claim on you. Amen. Because Jesus, Jesus. God, you are our living hope, Father. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, God, for bringing us through 2022. God, we thank you for walking us through the valleys, Lord, and for bringing us up to the mountains. God, when we are asked how our year went, may the first words that we say be glory to God. Glory to you, Lord. Even if things didn't go our way, even if we didn't get the things done that we wanted to get done, Lord, it is still your will be done. God, And we want to look to you, God, wherever we go, whatever we do, Father, we continue to look to you, to praise you, Father, for it is your victory, not our own, God. It is your triumph, not our own, God. It is your sacrifice, not our own, God. It is the expression of your love for us, God. And we thank you for that, Lord. We praise you for that. We glorify you for that, God. Let everything 
in this room, Lord, that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Father. We thank you, God. We ask for blessings over this year. God, we ask to become closer with you, to become more reverent to you, Father, to walk with you, to talk with you more, God. We want to just know you, Jesus. God, we want to just be with you. God, we want to be in communion with you, even when we're not at the table, God. Let it just be you. Let you be everything that we are, God. We thank you, Lord. And we love you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Why don't we just give it up one more time for our amazing God. And now we can take that time and let's greet our neighbors. Well, good morning, church. I know you all are still saying hi to each other and Happy New Year's. It is a very happy New good Year. Good morning, my friends. Good morning, <laughs> good Sister morning. Lena. Good morning, Pastor Mike. How happy are New you? Happy New Year, Manny. Happy New Come Year. On, give me a New Year hug, kid. Aww. All right. Well, good morning, my friends and family. We want to welcome you into the house of the Lord. Hey, Happy New Year, family. Yes, Happy New Amen. Year. Amen. Welcome to just another fabulous year. I can't wait to see what the Lord had in, in, in store for this year. Things really don't change much around here uh, because the call and the mission and the vision are still the same. So I'm excited to see what 2023 brings. Amen? Amen. 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 Sister Lena. Yes. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, brought in the new year. You know, it, it was a late night. I'm not used to staying up that late. You can yeah. tell. I got the bags yeah. under my eyes. Well, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> I had to. I had to. All right, cool. Hey, church, a few things uh, we want to catch you up on before uh, we call up our senior pastor. Uh, First, we just want to welcome you. Uh, Let me introduce myself. My name is Michael Romero. Uh, I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church, and we want to welcome you. Yes, my name is Lena Mazarinich. I'm one of the volunteers here at New Beginnings Church. And and if you're watching from home, welcome in. Uh, If you're listening, Maybe on a podcast a little bit later, we want to welcome you as well. Mm-hmm. But hey, church, um, it's such a joy to have you. If you're here for the first time, uh, we say again, welcome. If you're here for the second time, uh, will you just raise your hand? Or even for first-timers in, in the house, first time in the house, amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Welcome. Second time in the house, maybe, maybe a second time. You were brave enough to come back the second time. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, my sister. Brave. Hey, we want to welcome our first-timers. We're just kidding, but we, we, we do want to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we would love to connect with you, and please uh, feel free to download our app uh, at NBC ABQ, or you can connect with us, uh, one of our connection cards at our visitor center, and we would love to connect with you. And uh, in just a couple of weeks, uh, Lena, we're going to be having uh, our Meet the Pastors at the, the last Sunday of this month. Mm-hmm. So we want to, want to make sure that those that are visiting us for the first time today if you want to know us just a little bit more, uh, there'd be an awesome opportunity to meet the pastors and the be. pastoral staff and our children's minister and our youth minister as well. Yes, that'll be exciting. What else is going on besides 
that. Besides that. Well, one week from today, church, we're going to be having our baptism service. So if you haven't been baptized before or if you would like to rededicate your life, next week is a perfect time to do so. We've just brought in a new year. And so the best thing you can do is celebrate having a new life with Christ. And so, church, if you're not really sure um, where you can sign up, we have it available online or through our app, or you could also call the front office. But, um, and we also, church, if you have been baptized already, we do want to invite you to just stick around after second service next Sunday and be here to celebrate with our new brothers and sisters in Christ. This is such a huge monumental moment for them, and we want to be there to encourage them, to welcome them into the family. And so, church, we just invite you, whether you've been baptized or not, come to the baptism service because right. it is going to be beautiful. Just, just sticking around for 10, 15 minutes after service makes such an impact in that new believer's life because it's their profession of faith and saying, hey, man, I want to be a part of this family. I want to be a part of your family, the part of God's family. So, mm-hmm. man, if you, it, uh, Sister Lena saying spot on. Stick around. It'd be really awesome. Uh, but also, the following week, just because hey, anybody else's schedule's thrown off, kind of Christmas, is it just me? It, it, yeah, because ours is thrown off as well. So we had to push back, uh, like, child dedications is pushed back one week as well. Not only baptisms, but child dedications also pushed back one week to the 15th. And so the 15th are going to be child dedications as well. And so child dedications uh, will be the 15th. So if, if you would love to dedicate your child, um, some would call it maybe baptism, right? Uh, but we don't believe that we would baptize a child, yet we would dedicate a child unto the Lord mm-hmm. as in proclaiming and really saying, Lord, we recognize and rather recognizing that this is the Lord's child and we are just stewards and this is our gift to us from him. And saying, Lord, we're going to bring this child up and we're going to rear it in a Christian household. And if you want to dedicate your child in the ways of the Lord in a biblical worldview, we invite you to do that on the 15th. And both the baptism and the child dedication registrations available online on our app. Or also you can do a visitor center, calling the office, dropping in, pulling us kind of in, in the hallways and say, how do I get that done? We'll always walk you through that. Yes. I would love to do that. Yes. And then church, we also are very excited to share that next Saturday... The 7th of January. Yeah. I can't believe it's... Oh, my goodness. It feels like it was January a year ago. That's crazy. Next Saturday. (laughs) We are going to be having our sisterhood potluck here at New Beginnings Church. Where are my ladies in the house? There we go. There we go. All right. Y'all still waiting for your morning coffee. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, We are so excited, though. It's going to be next Saturday at 10 a.m. to 11.30. It is a potluck, so be sure to bring your favorite dish, your favorite chili. Um, If you like hash browns, I think those always go over well. Um, But sisters in the room, we just want to invite you. Invite your your friends, your your female friends. Invite your daughters. Invite your mothers. um, Whoever. We just want them to feel welcome, and we want you to feel welcome as well. It's such a great time to be in community. Always an encouraging time for the women of God to get together. uh, To not only, because they get together, not only to pray for one another, but they pray for the body. They pray, and then, Mm -hmm. of course, they feed themselves with the word. Always an encouraging word. So if you're looking somewhere, ladies, to really um, fellowship with other women of God, this is the place to do it. No matter what age, it doesn't matter. This is not age uh, 
restricted. It doesn't, you have to be set. No, there is no boundary in the age. You can come in and please invite somebody. We always mm -hmm. say, take just one person. Bring one extra person that you say, you know what? You can use an encouraging word today. You, you, you can really use that. Bring them by. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. Yep. And then the week after yeah. church, we're going to be having our men's potluck breakfast. <laughs> Who is the better cook? Who are the better cooks? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So I think it's the women. We can judge. We could. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. Because who do you think really, really actually cooks the, the food that the men bring? I'll be, it's actually all the men. Is it? It's all the men. Hmm. They cook it outside. They cook it on the grill okay. outside. Okay. You would know if you came, but you don't, because you're not invited to that clubhouse. I know. But wow. the men's breakfast is going to be happening, okay? And it's going to be on January the 14th, men of God. So men of God, we get together here at New Beginnings Church, Saturday the 14th at 7.45. Bright and early, gentlemen. Bright and early, 7.45, potluck style as well. So chili cook-offs are always welcome. Potato cook-offs are always welcome. Any kind of cook-off is welcome, guys. You guys can bring whatever you want. You guys want to bring a carton of eggs, that's cool. You guys want to bring a gallon of orange juice, that's cool. But bring it on by, guys. We coming in, and guys, it's going to be just an awesome time of fellowship and honestly just ironing, sharpening iron. Uh, and iron, rather, sharpening iron. It's such a good time. If you've never, ever been to a men's breakfast, it's really, really cool. So we invite you. Mm -hmm. Amen, church? Amen. And church, all of that, of course, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Um, church, uh, and, 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 and with one more thing that we want to remind you is we begin with a new year. We say thank you so much for your continued faith in your obedience, in tithing, and we want to continue to remind you to do that. Uh, if you have... Uh, if you want to do that electronically, we always invite you to do that and then remind you that the tithing box is in the doorways here. And we say thank you so much for your mm -hmm. obedience. Uh, and church, we thank you for that time. And church, we turn the platform over to our senior pastor, Amen. Richard Mansfield. Welcome him over. Thank you. Chorizo con huevo. No, okay. Uh, it just rhymes. Guys, um, how many of you went to bed before midnight? <laughs> Three-fourths of us in here. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's hard to believe that a new year is here. It's hard to believe that a whole year has transpired. And for some of us, we're regretting that last year ended because it was so amazing. And for some of us, we couldn't wait to welcome a new year because it was so painful. I think New Year's uh, offer us a new beginning, a fresh start, uh, a redo. We want to be refreshed. We want to be rebuilt. We want to be built up again. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says right there, but those who trust in the Lord will find strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. 
See, God wants to renew us, and, and I want to talk about renewal, and I want to talk about rebuilding, and I want to talk about steps to rebuild our future because a lot of times we have fallen down, and, and, and this pandemic has really messed with people's minds. It's messed with their psyche. It's messed with their future. It's messed with them uh, where some have really uh, restricted their movement about uh, they. Uh, we have to be wise and we have to move wisely and not just jump into things. We've got to protect ourselves because the reality is this is a real virus and it has taken a lot of lives. But there's a lot of other viruses that take lives and we just use wisdom. But it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild our lives. It's time to rebuild our home. It's time to rebuild the church. It's time to rebuild our community. It's a time of rebuilding. And I want to look at rebuilding over the next few weeks and rebuilding your future. How to really rebuild your future. And I want to start with us. How do we rebuild our lives? How do we deal with our body, our mind, and our soul? And I want to look at the book of Nehemiah. And that's what we're going to be looking at over uh, this series, Nehemiah, and, and a few other books. But in Nehemiah, he had been in captivity for many, many years. The Israelites had been taken into captivity, and he was the cupbearer to the king, meaning he sampled everything beforehand, so if they poisoned him, he'd die first. And he got really close to the king, and he was serving there in the kingdom and in the palace and right hand to the king. And all of a sudden, the Israelites were being released to go back to Israel. And when they get to Jerusalem, they send word back, and Nehemiah hears that the walls have been torn down. Now, you need to understand, these aren't just like simple walls. These walls are like up to 10, anywhere to 30 feet wide. And they fortify the city, they protect it, and they're super high. And, and they had torn them down to show we conquered you. We penetrated the unpenetratable. We took possession of things we never should have taken possession. And so Israel had been defeated. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, where the enemy has come and penetrated into your family, penetrated into your body, mind, or soul, and he's taken things that you never should have released over to him, and the devil has taken them. So that's why it's time to rebuild. And I want to look at these steps that we find, and I'm going to start off in, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 1, and I want to look at verse 3 and 4, and we're going to build off of this. And Nehemiah says, they said to me, Things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. So he's getting word and he's hearing things aren't going well at all. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall, the wall, the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down. This was a symbol of power. It was a symbol of strength and it was torn down. And the gates have been destroyed by fire. So showing we can penetrate this place. Nothing's keeping us out. And when I heard this, he said, I sat and I wept. He wept. In fact, for days I mourned. I fasted and I prayed to the God of heaven. So Lord, we want to hear how to really rebuild our lives and 
I pray that we can learn from this passage and this story that is so true that, Lord, we can find out how we can rebuild our lives and our future. I pray in Christ's name, amen. You know, there's three things that, that Nehemiah is talking about here. When, when he heard this, this horrible news, it says he mourned. The very first step for rebuilding our, our future requires us to mourn. In other words, to express our hurt to God. Many of us have been carrying hurts. Some have carried a lot of hurt this past year. Some because of health, some because of family, some because of relationships, some because you lost a job, you've lost family members, you've lost uh, possessions, you've lost uh, maybe your house or your vehicle, or you just had loss in your life, and you're mourning, and you're going through a difficult time, and you're saying, this has really been tough. This has been a hard season of grief. It's been a hard season for this world. Our world is grieving. We're not the same world, and we will never be the same again. Nothing's ever going to go back to normal. The only thing that's ever normal is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. But everything else has changed drastically in our world. It's changed in our nation. You look at the nation or... Not just the, I'm not talking just the pandemic. I'm just talking the things that we see here today. We never thought we would see our nation doing some of the things they're doing. What about our state? Those of us that have been in the state most of our lives, some of you all of your life, and you love this state. I love this state. But this state is turning into something that I don't recognize anymore. This county has changed so much. Bernalillo County was one of the strongest and the proudest and the loudest and, and, and the example to many, and now it's a disgrace, and, and, and Albuquerque is becoming a black mark for the state of New Mexico with all the death. We had record homicides. I think it was a total of 120 last year. I pray that we do not break that record this year. I pray that the record we set this year is they're going to say it's the lowest homicide rate they've had in Albuquerque in years. That we see peace and love and grace back. God has carried us through our grief. He's carried us through our pain. He's carried us through difficult times. And we need to understand it's important that we express our hurt to God, our pain to God, our loss to God, a loss of a loved one, a thing or a place, something that you've lost. And some people think, well, you're not even supposed to grieve that long. It's important to express grief. It's important to release pain. It's important. Now, it's also important that you don't live the rest of your life, because that's not healthy either. There's a time to grieve, and there's a time to rejoice and laugh and celebrate. And there's a time to express your pain, and it's important to express that pain. But let me tell you something. In the, in the Bible times, they used to take time to mourn. You see, when Abraham's wife died, he mourned. When Moses died, they took 30 days just to mourn. They just said, we're going to just take 30 days off just to grieve the loss of our leader." And you see them grieving throughout the Bible. They would grieve and they would really take time to express that pain. But then they would say, okay, now we have to move forward. In the book of Joshua, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now step up, Joshua. 
You already grieved, and you'll continue to remember and express pain, but you don't stay there. You have to move forward. They used to take days to do that. We rush it through nowadays. And if you've never lost a loved one, sometimes you say dumb things to people that have. You say, get over it already. It's like, what do you mean by that? Don't you understand it's painful? It hurts? Don't you understand it takes time to mourn? We've got to take time because healing takes a long time to come. But it will come. And then we go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. It says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. See, he, he wants us to express our pain and our grief and the things that we struggle with. He wants us to express those things and to share them and to tell him and to say, Lord, I'm really going through a difficult time and not escape from it. Oh, there's sometimes in the middle of grief, you might escape. You might go see a movie or hang out with some friends and you might even chuckle a little bit. But you go back and, and you realize the pain you're dealing with. But let me tell you something. Some people escape altogether and they just act, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. They don't want to deal with it and they go into this denial mode and that pain eats them up. And if you really want to make difference in your life and you really want to make some changes, you have to deal with the pain that you carry. Some of you carry pain since you were a little child. Some of you carry pain when you were teenagers, things happened to you. Some of you carry pain from just last night. Scars you carry, pain you deal with that nobody knows but God. And sometimes you try to ignore it. You don't want to deal with it. But you've got to take your deepest hurt to God. Because if you don't take it to God, you'll take it to something else. You'll take it to overeating or sex or drugs or alcohol, gambling or just destroying people's life by gossiping. And, and we could go on and on and on. You find solace and you find some kind of gratitude in something, but it's destructive. That's why in the book of Psalms 94, verse 19, he says, when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. See, God renews us. He encourages us. He speaks life into us. But we have to be honest with him. In Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, for the anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping. <laughs> Maybe last through the night. But joy comes in the morning. God shines through. God raises up. He comes through and he ministers to us. And that's why Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness. I don't have a problem talking about my pain. I don't have a problem talking about my problem. I don't have a problem admitting that I'm weak because in the insults and harshness and persecutions and troubles that I have suffered for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. See, when you admit, I can't do it, that's when he strengthens you. When you admit, I can't carry this anymore, that's where he steps in, where you admit, God, this is overwhelming for me. That's when he says, I'm glad you finally admitted that because I'm here to help you. But it's important that we express our grief our pain to God. 
And there's a lot of ways of doing it. Some do it through writing. They journal. A journal, just some get a spiral notebook, say, whatever, they just write. Well, today's the first day of the year. I sure hope this year goes better than last year. Or I hope this year is even better than last year. And you just start sharing your heart and you go, man, I just blew it last year. I did some really dumb things I don't want to do again. And see, it's just, you're kind of writing this letter to God, but also to yourself. Or maybe you do it through music. You express your grief through music. That's why music is such a powerful tool. And that's why sometimes when we listen to music, if you listen to oldies, it can be awesome and it can be a bummer. Because you start hearing some old songs and you're like, I'm on that midnight train to Georgia. Oh, man. You, know, you think of your lost love or you, and, and, and you go through some pains. And, no, or, but you know what? You can get into worship. Worship and praise. And it just draws this amazing journey out of you. You sing a song. I don't know about you. We're singing this morning. It just, you're like, man, I sing a hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for who you are. In the midst of my pain, you are my healing. In the midst of my journey, God, you are my guide. See, he carries us. He strengthens us. He ministers to us. And that's why it's so important for rebuilding our future that we really get honest with God and mourn. In other words, we express our pain. We express our grief. We express who we really are and what we're going through to God. Second thing is we rebuild our future. It requires us to fast. We need to start fasting. Focus our hearts on God, to really focus on God, to really look to him and search for him and seek him, to really say, God, I I really need you. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12, he says, this is why the Lord says, turn to me now. Well, there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. He's saying, I want you to come and completely give up anything around you that's going to keep you from me. Fasting isn't just about cutting out a meal. Fasting is cutting out anything that's taking your time away from God. So it could be a meal. It could be eating. And during that time, Spend time with God. So if, if you get a half-hour lunch break, spend a half-hour with God. If you get a one-hour lunch break, spend an hour with God. And if you're going to fast all day long, well, then all that time you get to spend with God. But if you already don't eat breakfast, don't say, well, that's my fast. No. Take, take, give something up. Cut out the things that are louder to you than God is. The things that drowned you. They drown the sounds around you. It's not what we aren't doing, but it's what we're doing during a fast. So many times during fasting we say, well, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. No, instead we should say, I'm doing this. I'm connecting with God. I'm not letting anything come between me and God. Look at the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 3. Daniel says, so I turned to the Lord God, 
and pleaded with him. In prayer and fasting, I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. He was showing the whole world, look, leave me alone because I'm in a moment right now where I'm going through some brokenness and I'm spending time with God, so please leave me alone. You don't have to go around saying, oh, I'm fasting, leave me alone. No. But if people say, hey, man, you want to go get lunch with us? Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm having lunch with God today. See, there's nothing wrong with saying that. You, you need to decide what you're going to skip. Some, for some, it's a meal. They go, I'm going to skip a meal. But for some, it needs to be a television program because you are stuck on television. You and the remote have become best buddies. Even now as I'm preaching, you want to change the channel. <laughs> or you want to mute me. I don't want to hear this. Yeah, you muted me now. It's like, man. But there's some television programs. It's not because they're bad or nasty. or It's just it's taking time from you that you, can, you don't spend with God. So say, you know what, God? I'm, I'm going to fast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up a certain hour or two hours of television. I'm, I'm going to give it up. Or maybe it's social media. Ugh, now I'm really going to stress some of you out. Have you thought of giving up your social media for at least even one hour? One hour. Do not touch your phone for an hour. Some of you right now are looking and going, oh, my gosh. I wonder if you can see me. To shut off Facebook for a whole day. Oh, my gosh. Some of you are already going through convulsions. Or Twitter. Or Pinterest. Or LinkedIn. Or Instagram. Or TikTok. Man, TikTok. They introduced me to TikTok. And I, I got a lot of recipes because I cook. And I'm like, this is fun. And. But one day I was on TikTok so long, it came on and I said, you've been on TikTok for a long time. Maybe it's time to shut up and stop and put the phone down. And I went, holy cow, man, who sent that message? And it was TikTok. Because they know how easily you could get sucked into something and it diverts you and it distracts you from time you're supposed to be spending on something else. And if you could fast one of these things, whether it be a meal, a television program, a radio program, whether it be a social media, whether it be some kind of blog you read all the time, or, 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 or just something that you're constantly connected to, it's important that we give that up and say, God, I want to spend some time with you. I want to hear you. I'm going to be desperate for you. I want to seek you with all my heart, mind, and soul. I want to open your word and see what you have to say fresh to me today. I'm hungry for you, Lord. I miss you, Lord. Lord, I need to hear from you. God, I want you to hear from me. I want you to hear my pain. But, Lord, I also want to focus my heart on you, Lord, that I will understand the things that break your heart so that I won't do them. And I can understand the things that fill your heart with overflowing joy so I can do those. 
In First, in First Chronicles chapter twenty-two, verse nineteen, it says, "Now seek the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul." He says, "Build a sanctuary of the Lord God." We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so build the sanctuary of the Lord God in your life, so that you could bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of God into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. Man, we ought to build our life up that we're bringing in the Ark of the Covenant. That kept the Ten Commandments. It kept the staff of Moses. In other words, the promises of God. I want those in my life. I want the promises of God in my heart. And also the holy vessels of God in the temple the candles that represent the light of God, the oil that represents his Holy Spirit, the bread that represents his word, those elements that were in there that we long for. But you get them by fasting, by turning away from other things to turn to him. And if you're going to rebuild your life, you have to be honest with God and share your hurt, but you've got to also be honest with God and seek him and say, God, I want you more than anything. I want you more than breath itself. Lord, I'm hungering and thirsting for God. And I bring you to the third thing. If we're going to be rebuilding our future, it requires us to pray. Pray, 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 pray. To ask for help from God. To pray and ask him for help. To humble ourselves and say, you know what, God, I really need you. I really want you. I can't do this without you. I desperately need you in my life. I need you in everything I do. So, God, please lead me, guide me, instruct me, and help me because I really need you. To ask for his help. Like it says in Psalm 28, verse 1. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn. Oh, do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you are silent, I might as well just give up and die. Man, God, I want to pray, and I want to get a hold of you, and I want to be able to communicate with you, to connect with you, and you with me. I want you to hear me, and I want to hear you. I'm not just going to be the one talking. God, I'm going to come to you with silence so that I can hear what you got to say. So see, the first thing we need to understand when we're asking God for help Recognize who God is. When you're praying, recognize who he is. Recognize what he has done. Recognize the kind of God he is. Because when you come to pray, if you don't believe he could do it, then why are you wasting your time in his? We come before him because we know the kind of God he is. The God that loves and cares and can do the impossible things. He's the God of impossibilities. He's the God that we put our trust in and our hope in. Even when everything seems to fall apart, he builds us up. And we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Back to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. After he cried out to the Lord and he said that he mourned, he fasted and prayed. Then he said, oh, Lord, God of heaven, I know who I'm praying to, the God of heaven. He's not some statue of a Buddha. He's not Allah. He's No, I'm praying to the God of heaven, Amen. the great and awesome God, 
who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. And then look what he says. Listen to my prayer. Oh, God, hear me, God. I want you to hear me because I know you could do some amazing things. So hear my prayer. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I want you to see me, Lord. I want you to see what I'm going through. I want you to see what I'm experiencing. I want you to see my heart after you. I want you to see me, God. He goes, I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. He's saying, get real with God. Really recognize who he is. Recognize that he is a God that can do things, and he's a God that can change things, and he's the God that can listen, he can see, and he can forgive. He can set you free of the pain you're carrying. And it's important that you and I get honest with God. It's important that you and I get really real with God and we tell him what our needs are. Tell him what we're up against. Tell him what we're going through and not try to act like everything's fine. Hey, Lord, if you have time. God has the time. Oh, God, please, if you still love me. He always has loved you. Even when you were a sinner, he loved you. He loves you. He loves you then, he loves you now, and he'll love you forever. So don't pray these silly prayers. God, I don't know if you can. What do you mean you don't know if he can? God, I don't know if you want to. He wants to. Our biggest problem is we get in the way. He says, anytime you want to get out of the way, I can take over. Anytime you want to let go, I will take over. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul writes in verse 19 and 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. He's saying, I want you to know that power. I want you to know that God. I want you to know the God that can do these things because he is a God of impossibilities. He raised the dead. He raised Jesus up. And that same power is available for you. That same power is here for you. That same power is being poured out to you. So we need to ask God and get real with him and recognize him for who he is. Second thing, when we pray, we, when asking God for help, we need to confess who we are. Confess who you are. In other words, God, I, I just mess up. I think I got it all together. I don't need you today, God. I got it. And boy, you got it, all right. You got a mess on your hands. You got an attitude and you got a, a, oh, Lord, help us. Look what he says in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. He says, listen to my prayer. Look down and see my praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we've sinned against you. I'm being real, God. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. I'm getting real, God. This is the real thing. I'm not trying to act more pious than others. Well, I started the new year at church. What about you? I've been reading the Bible this whole year. Well, it's only one day, but I hope you do read the Bible. 
But you get this attitude, no, 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 God, you know what? Even my own family has sinned. God, I'm all messed up, he's saying. Verse 7, he says, we've sinned terribly by not obeying your commands. Sometimes we just do our own thing. We don't obey your decrees. We don't obey your regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. God, sometimes we just think we're just too big for our britches. We really don't need you. After all, messed up people need you. I'm not messed up. You're so messed up you don't even realize you're messed up. How messed up are you that if you think you're okay? <laughs> Man. No, oh, that's okay. I don't need Jesus. Okay, then go to hell. Wouldn't that be horrible? A friend of mine, someone told him that. He's a doctor. He was at church. The pastor was preaching and saying how desperately we need Jesus. And this man walked up to him that has some mental just difficulties. And he walked up to him and he goes, Doctor, uh, do you have Jesus? He goes, just leave me alone. He goes, no, you need Jesus. Leave me alone. Do you want Jesus? He goes, leave me alone. He said, okay, then go to hell. And he left. And the doctor told me that he was infuriated. He says, oh, my gosh, Richard, I felt like, who does he think he is? I can't believe that. The gall of him, who does he think he is? And the Holy Spirit said, well, do you have Jesus? And he said, well, Lord, I don't need him as much as that guy. He goes, but do you have Jesus? And he goes, no. And all of a sudden he realized, oh, my gosh, that's what he was telling me. I don't have Jesus, and I'm going to hell. And he called the pastor right away, and he goes, please get over here right away, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a mess right now. He goes, you know so-and-so? He goes, yeah. Well, he told me that I needed Jesus, and I told him to leave me alone, so he told me to go to hell. And I got so mad, I thought, I can't believe he's even cussing in church. But he's not cussing. He's telling me what's going to happen to my life. I need Jesus. And that day, the pastor led him to the Lord. He only prayed with him, really. The Holy Spirit led him to the Lord through that man who told him, either turn or burn. There's a lot nicer ways of saying that. I wouldn't encourage you to say, hey, you want Jesus? Well, then go to hell. Don't, don't say that. But I'll tell you what, that's really what's going to happen, and that's why it's so important that we share with them, and that's why it's so important that we confess who we are. Are we really right standing with God how we need to be? Quit trying to fool God. God's not a fool, and he's not fooled. He knows what's in your heart. You might look great on the outside, but you know what's lurking on the inside. Confess it to him. We sometimes have selfish motives and desires and just straight-up disobedience. That's why in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. See, he takes it away. It's so easy for us to get caught up in our pain and our sin instead of seeking God's forgiveness and love and his undeserved grace. Now, bring me the third thing we need to do when we pray. If we're going to be asking God for help, call on God's promises. Don't you understand God has given us promises? Look, 
I came across a little booklet one time. It said 365 promises of God. And I go, wow, that's awesome, one a day. Then I came up across another one that said 5,000 promises of God. I go, wow, that's even better. And then somebody gave me a book that said 7,000 promises of God. I go, man, I'll take that one over all the others. (laughs) But the point is, guess what? They are literally thousands and thousands of promises of God that you need to claim over your life and call on your life and seek God's promises for your life and for the situation you're going through and say, God, carry me through. In Nehemiah chapter 1, look at verse 8 and 9. He said, please, remain, please remember what you told your servant Moses. He's saying, God, I, I just want to remind you of the promises you made to Moses If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place that I have chosen for you, my name to be honored. So I want you to know that I'm going to take care of you. And Nehemiah is saying, hey, God, you remember you said that? You remember you said even we're exiled? I'm in exile right now. I'm in another country, and I want to long to go back to my country, and you promised you would do that. So, God, you know what? I'm going to claim the promises you made because your promises are true, and your promises are yes and amen, and your promises are never broken because our God is a true God who keeps his promise, and I'm going to hold on to that. God wants us to search for his promises. We do that by reading the word of God. You can read the same passage over and over and over, and every time you read it, something new jumps out at you. Isn't it weird when you read a passage that's really common, and all of a sudden it's like, boom! I think I've shared this story before, but here it goes again. Years and years and years ago, probably 41 years ago, I wasn't pastoring yet. I was in Corpus Christi, Texas, and I was preaching in the jails every Sunday and it was Saturday night, and I'm preparing my sermon, sitting there, and Cindy's watching television, and I'm reading Scripture, and I go, oh, my gosh, Cindy, look. God, this word is so powerful. Proverbs 3, 6 and 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Man, isn't that good? And she kind of chuckled. And I go, what's so funny? She reached over to my Bible, and I had a bookmarker that she had given me. And she pulled it out, and it said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And I go, oh, my bad. (laughs) I didn't really say my bad. We didn't say my bad back then. I just said, oh, I'm really dumb, aren't I? But see, it spoke to me when I needed it to speak to me. His promises are true. His promises, we get them by reading the word. We get them by hearing a sermon. We get them by reading, going to a Bible study, by hearing a song, by writing, by by spending time with God. And then the last thing we need to do is when asking God for help is asking for specific help. Don't just say, God bless me. No, 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 God, this is what I'm going through. Look what he said in verse 11, where Nehemiah 1, he's saying, oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. 
Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success. This is what I want, Lord. I need success today by making the king favorable to me. I'm going to go talk to the king. I'm going to ask him if I could go rebuild the walls, and I need him to be favorable. So, Lord, today, give me success today when I make a plea to the king. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. And in those days, I was the king's cupbearer. See, he's saying, God, this is who I am, and this is what I need, but specifically, this is what I need you to do. Specifically, I need you to give me favor with the king. Specifically, give me success. Specifically, when I go to the king, I need you to come through. Nehemiah asked specifically for the needs he had. We pray too general and too generic I think we do it sometimes because we really don't expect an answer. So we just go, hey, God, if you want to, you know, it'd be cool if you bless me. And, you know, God, and, uh, you know, I, I, I know you're busy. I don't even know if you could really heal me. But if you could heal me, that'd be cool. And, and we're, not, we're not even praying we're believing. We need to pray specific. We need to be really, really practical in everything we do. So here's my challenge to us today. First, I, I really want to challenge you to seek God. To really seek God. Ask him, God, what am I going to just share it with you? i got to share my pain. i got to get real. Do it either through music. Find your peace with music. Or maybe it's by writing. Maybe it's by reading. Maybe it's just by releasing everything you have to God. And then, after you seek him, I want you to fast and ask God, what am I going to fast? And I want to challenge us to start fasting one day a month now as a church. We're going to fast the first Wednesday of every month. And we're going to start our fast at 7 p.m. when church starts till 7 p.m. Thursday night. So the first Wednesday of every month, that's this Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 4th, January 4th, start at 7 p.m. So if you always used to invite someone out to eat after church, now do it before church. Say, hey, you want to go eat? That way we can start our fast and we're going to fast. And maybe after church, instead of your recorded program, you're not going to watch TV and you're going to read the word. You're going to pray. You're just going to spend time with God. You're going to do something different. But we're going to fast as a church. We're going to fast as a people. What is it that, ask God, maybe, maybe you could only fast for an hour. Maybe just one hour. Maybe a whole day. Whatever it's going to take. And then I want you to pray. And I want you to pray with those four methods I just finished giving you to recognize who God is, to confess who you are, to call on God's promises and ask specific specific help from God. And say, God, this is the year. This is the year to rebuild my spiritual walk with you, to rebuild my family, to rebuild my home, to rebuild this congregation and to rebuild our city. And use me, Lord, to let it happen. So church, I pray that today you renew your life and your walk with God. I pray that today you say, God, I'm going to be real. 
I'm carrying some hurts. And you're showing me that all the hurts I'm carrying aren't just people that have hurt me. There's some dumb things I've done. So God, lead me and guide me and instruct me. There's some of you that don't even have Jesus. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that today, raise your hand and say, you know what, Lord, that's me. I, I, I need to give my life. I need to start there. And then I really want you to really say, God, this is what I need to fast. These are the things that are pulling me away from you. It's television. It's sports. It's my love stories. It's TikTok. It's Instagram. It's Pinterest. It's just social media. It's nonsense reading instead of reading the word. It's music I shouldn't even be listening to. And Oh, it's not horrible to listen to, but I don't even listen to music that glorifies your name. And then to really pray, learn how to pray. To get real with God and say, God, this is the God that I'm praying to. This is what I recognize you as. You save me, you heal me, you provide for me, you watch out for me, you call me by your name. God, I confess who I am. I need help, I need forgiveness, I need grace. God, I'm going to call on your promises because your promises are yes and amen. And Father God... I'm going to be specific in the things that I need. So today, would you just dedicate yourself to God to do some things different, to join us in this journey, to join us in this fast, to join us in this time of rebuilding. Whether you're in the sanctuary or there online, I really pray that you take hold of this and it take hold of you. Would you stand with us and let's worship. And if you want prayer and if you need prayer and if you want to just come and dedicate yourself and say, God, this is it. This is the time I'm going to do this and I'm going to really pour it out before you. Make your way up right now. There's people that want to pray with you and say, God, I need to release this. I, I can't t- carry it into the new year. I can't have life if I keep holding on to death. Sing it out, would you? Great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could so great a mercy, what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages spoke down from mercy to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls 
Heavenly Father, you are our living hope. And as we start off this new year, we thank you for last year. Even for the times of pain and brokenness, we thank you that you brought us through. Father God, we close this chapter of our life and embrace the chapter and the book ahead. Father, I pray that we fill those pages with right living. That, Father God, we could be honest with you and open up and tell you our journey, Lord. To speak honest about the pain and the victory. To be honest with you, Lord God, and fast and to say, there's some things I have to cut out of my life. Not just for an hour, not just for a day, but forever. But God, I'm going to start one hour at a time. One day at a time. And then, Father God, we're going to totally consecrate ourselves to you. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray, 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 pray. We're going to really recognize who you are. The God that can answer prayer and to meet our every need. And we're going to believe that, God. And we're going to confess who we are. We're going to tell you our strengths and our weaknesses. We're going to be honest with you. Carrying the sin that we might have and confess it. Or to carry the challenges that we face. And then, Father God, we're going to pray and be real and believe you for the promises that you have given, Lord. And then we're going to be specific about the challenge that we are facing because, Lord, all things are possible to him who believes. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, bless our year. Bless 2023 to the glory of your name. And we pray this in the power of the Holy Spirit and God's people that agree, shout out amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, church. We love you. Happy New Year. Don't forget, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. we start our fast.